God, please set aside everything I think I know about you, God, the steps, recovery, the big book, what's best for me, what's best for others. Help me let go of all my ideas, so I can, old ideas, so I can live in your spiritual truth. Heavenly Father, have mercy on me. Help me to carry your message today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, uh, today we've come to the point where we're going to finish how it works. And I'm only really going to cover um, two, two paragraphs, but I want to take this time to do a review of the, of the four-step instructions in the big book which are uh, fairly straightforward. There are a lot of, uh, if you're on the internet, you can find all sorts of handouts on how to do the four step and this and that. I don't know if they're good or bad. Uh, the one that I've used and I live by, which I use these tools every day in step 10 and 11 is in, the, is in this chapter. And it says we need to do the fourth step because we're going to face and be rid of the things that are blocking me from God. And we need to take a thorough inventory of our personality, of our thinking, and just like a business does. And we have to get rid of the stuff on the shelves that's damaging to us. We don't want to hold on to that anymore. We want to let go of it. And we have to see the truth of it. We can't see the truth of it on our own. That's why we need to write it down and talk about it with another person. Target may think that this one thing they have on the shelf is great and they're going to buy more of it for next year, but they don't do that. They're smart. They take an inventory and they have a computer and they keep track of what they sell and they don't sell. And they don't hold on to the buy more of the stuff that doesn't sell. And we don't want to hold on to the stuff that's blocking us from God, but we don't know what that is. So it says we're going to do a uh, uh, look at the manifestations of a life run on self-will. That's what, how we do the fourth step. We look at how it's manifested. If I live on self-will, what does it look like out there? And then we work back in the fourth step to see what the cause is. And then when we see the cause, we can change. If we don't know what the cause is, we just live out there. So there are three manifestations of a life run on self-will that we inventory. We inventory resentment, fear, and sex inventory. We did sex inventory Wednesday, and it's really not about the act of sex. It's about, in relationships, maybe how we use sex, or in our relationships, are we being the person that God created? Are we being selfish, dishonest, uh, are we arousing jealousy, bitterness, suspicion? Are we being loving, patient, kind, and tolerant? Do we have expectations of the person that we're in a relationship with, and if they're not meeting, then we're angry? And it's, it's about how, you, how, you react, have, how you've reacted in your past relationships, or even in the present ones, so you can change. And you want God to mold the same sex ideal, and you want to have him mold it, and you're, there's some several prayers in there. Uh, on sex, it says, we earnestly pray, to sum up about sex on page seven, we earnestly pray for the right ideal, uh, page 70, for guidance in each questionable situation, for sanity, and for strength to do the right thing. 
So that's uh, the sex relationship. The resentment relationship is the first, uh, resentments are the first thing we inventory because it says it's the number one offender. That's the number one thing that blocks me from God and calls spiritual disease. And I'm resentful, I'm angry, I'm bothered, I'm judging people, I'm finding things uh, that disturb me. And that unless we can be free of the bondage of those resentments, uh, we don't have, uh, God can't work in our life. And it says that we, uh, we harbor these things, we put them in a safe place. And if we have a life that's run on resentment, it's futile, it says. And, and we can't be in the now with God if we're angry. And it could be a different person that we're angry at all the time. Joe and Charlie make the point that resentment is like a replay machine. And we have replays on the college games and for, for, or any game, fourth, first quarter, the guy fumbles and they replay it 10 times. What we do is, in, is we have a resentment in the first quarter and we replay it for hours. Now, meanwhile, the game of life is going on, but we're living in that resentment. So we've wasted all that time. And I think I wasted a lot of my time in my life in resentment. And it says when we harbor these, when we put them in a safe place, we block ourselves from the sunlight of the spirit. God can't work, and it says if we do that, we're likely to drink. So it says we want to be free of anger. That's what it says in the book. You can be free of anger. It's right in the book. I'm doing this by memory. It says we're going to look at the list, the list of the first three columns from a different angle. The first column is those where we have resentment at. The second is what we think they did or didn't do. Sometimes they didn't do it, but we think they did, or how they caused it, and we keep it simple. And the third is what's threatened. What, what was threatened that caused me to have the resentment? What of, which instinct of life? Was it my sex instinct, my material instinct, or emotional instinct? It's always my pride and self-esteem. It can be my sex instinct, it can be material, and um, there's always fear behind it. So the, what am I afraid of losing in my emotional or threatened, in my emotional material or sex instinct? And then it says, uh, if we want to be free of anger, we have to look at this, these columns from a different angle. And so the book says, if you want to be free, you just do three columns and you look at it differently and you look at all the names that perhaps these people are spiritually ill just like me, that they're human beings. They are who they are. Uh, Brian and I were talking about it yesterday. Uh, people have their personalities. They have their way. And they do things that are not, not what we would consider good, but they do them. And it's all about changing the way we see them from hating them to seeing them as a child of God who's spiritually ill, and that's the best they can do. And we have to learn to forgive them. If not, we'll stay angry at them. And the forgiveness process in the big book is, is simple. We do four prayers. We ask God to give us love, <coughs> patience, and tolerance as we would a sick friend. Right? And then, how can I be helpful to this person? We'll stop hating them. Maybe be nice to them. Have a different attitude. And then the third, the key one, is God save me from being angry. 
at them. Notice we're not praying for the other person. You can do that. There's a story in the book where people pray for the people they're angry at, and that's fine. You know, if I was to pray for someone I'm angry at, I would ask them to open their hearts and minds to the Lord and let him work in their life and keep them close to him and that kind of stuff. Uh, and, but God saved me from being angry, and then it says we avoid retaliation or argument, so uh, give me a kind and tolerant view of everyone. And so if I'm bothered by someone, I say, God, give me love, patience, and tolerance of this person. They're just who they are. How can I be helpful? God, save me from being angry. Give me a kind and tolerant view. Now, I've gotten, you know, I'm, I've gotten tired of saying all those prayers. So I just say, this is the way it is. This is who they are. Get over it, Michael. How can I be loving to them? I mean, I keep it simple. I don't want to be bothered by people. And I try to limit it to a short period of time. I do better some days than others. But before I did this, I didn't limit it at all. In fact, I would call people up and tell them about it. <laughs> so they would agree with me. Now, a lot of people do that in AA. They have a resentment. They go around, they call people, they get people. That's, that doesn't help me. I want to face and be rid of it. And, and, and a lot of times, if I look at the list differently, and I do it with someone, I do it my own when I'm doing it with somebody else, I could see that the things that I wrote down, they really didn't do. Or if they did, it was the best they could. And, and you're writing down, like for instance, it's, it's usually mother, father's on there or something. Mother did something, you know, she didn't let me play baseball when I was 15 or something, or something like that. And they have a few of them, and you know, oh, that, that mother, she's just terrible. I said, well, did she carry you in your belly for nine months? Did she change your diaper? Did she give you food? Did she make sure you went to school and you could go to your teams? And you know, after you do that, after like five minutes, they say, wow, you know, mother wasn't so bad. And uh, she was just the best mother she could be. And uh, my mother was the best mother she could be. And I hope I'm being the best father I can be. And so that's, uh, and then we look at, our mistakes, not, not our part, but it says our mistakes, because my mistake is always that I got angry and that I'm inconsiderate and I'm judging and I'm intolerant and impatient in the usual. I'm on the left side of the cow. And then uh, uh, that helps me see my character defects and what causes the resentment is that I'm in self. Remember we have the three instincts, that chart, and we have self in the center and then it, there are arrows to resentment, which is wrong judgment, fear, wrong belief, and wrong actions. And so if I'm in the center and I'm the one running my life, that's what the problem is. If God's in the center, then I don't get angry. They are who they are. And then, so that gives us our character defects and the exact nature of my wrongs. And then the next thing we inventory is fear. And fear is very simple. I thought it was complicated, but because I had fear my whole life. But fear is, is just where I'm managing my life. And I'm afraid I won't get something, or something won't happen in my life, or I won't get approval. And it's all about me, and it's in the future. It doesn't exist. And so I, what I've done is I've relied on me, and when I rely on me, I have fear. Very simple. And if something happens now, I, I say I'm going to trust God I'm going to rely on God and trust God. That's where I'm going to live. And I'm just going to uh, try to uh, let him demonstrate through me what he can do. And 
he'll let me, he'll help me handle calamity with serenity. And when Curtis died, I remember seeing that line in the big book on page uh, 68. It says, just to the extent as I do as I think he would have me and humbly rely on him, does he enable me to match calamity with serenity? Now, before I got the call, I wasn't thinking about that at all. But when I got the call, it was like 7 in the morning. I was in the lower level at the bottom of the stairs. And how come that line came right into my head? And Because God put it there. And how come I had, and Mike's here, and Mike got me the Joe and Charlie tapes, and I listened to them, and how come all those things happened? So at that moment, God could work in my life, and he showed me that line. And I, I uh, doesn't mean you're not sad. It doesn't mean you don't have grief, but you can, you, you have hands holding you. You have people, and people from it, uh, AA were there in the house. And uh, they were there for the three days. Uh, people came, I wasn't alone, and um, that's that. So fear is where I'm relying on me and not God. It's very simple. And the prayer for fear is, uh, is uh, pretty simple. It says, uh, God, remove my fear of whatever and direct my attention to how he would have me be. Now, being is different than doing. I should be trusting, grateful for what I have, patient, relying on God, uh, grateful for what I have. Uh, and you can make a list. And we went through the second step proposition exercises really about the question, is God everything or nothing? What's my choice to be? Well, if God's nothing, I'm going to be in fear. So why am I afraid to give something to God? And then I have to look at it. Why am I afraid to give money to God? Well, because I won't have enough. Or I'm going to run out. I'm going to be homeless. Uh, you know, we had a year and a half where the, I'm on retirement and the stock market, everything crashed. So what I did is I just put my life and all that in the God box and I didn't look at anything. I just didn't care. It wasn't going to affect me at that moment and I didn't know what was going to happen and, and uh, that's how you deal with that. I guess say God remove my fear of this and direct my attention I'll be live in the now be a good AA member help people you know <laughs> <coughs> so that's the second step proposition exercise and we talked about sex and relationships and I think it's really important to read those paragraphs with someone and answer the questions in relationships, if you're in a relationship now, answer the question. Uh, expectations. Am I controlling? Can I stop giving my wife directions? Boy, that's a tough one. You know, she's making something. She's in the kitchen. Did you season it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, you know, it's just, it, she, she just, you know, she knows I can't help myself. But I was really good the other day. It was Christmas, and she was going to cook. And I was looking at the clock, and I didn't hear her going up and turning on the oven and all that stuff. And, uh, and then uh, she turned the oven on, and I saw that, or, and I wondered if I should go up and ask her, you know. And I just, I just said no. See, I'm getting better. It's taken a long time. 
But I kept my mouth shut. And guess what? We had dinner, and it was all the way it should be. Isn't that, what a shock. <laughs> so anyway, uh, there you go. Uh, that's probably more information than people wanted today. And it says, you know, if we continue to harm people in relationships, we're quite sure to drink. But if we're sorry for what we've done, and it's page seven there, and I have an honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we'd be forgiven and have learned our lesson. And so we want to change the way we react to the people we supposedly love. How can we be loving to them? And I have to uh, look at my expectations, because they're always self-centered, and realize that they don't matter. They are who they are. It's what does God expect from me? How should I be? In relationships. So it says a summary, if we've been thorough about our personal inventory, if we've been thorough and written it down, and the way I do the fourth step is I combine it with the fifth step. I do it, we do it together. And we do resentments, we do fear, and then we do sex inventory. And then while you're doing that, you can see who you're harmed. So you have a harms list and how you harm them. And then you're not ready to make amends yet. You'll look at that when you're an eight and nine. You have the information for six and seven because you have your character defects that have caused all this and how you're going to have to change y your character all the time so you don't get angry or fearful or harm people in relationships. And you have to go from the left to right-hand column and you learn the prayers. And those prayers are in two paragraphs of six and seven. That's why they didn't spend a lot of time on six and seven because you do it all the time. And it says, we have written down a lot. You have to write it down. You can't talk this out. You have to put it on paper. Once it's on paper, it's there. Then you can look at it in black and white. You can use different ink, I guess. But, and it says, we have written down a lot. We have listed and analyzed our resentments. And you can't do it by yourself. This is why, uh, you know, they talk about it. And then the fifth step, they talk about you take your list and you tell your, you know, you do it so that you combine the two. Some people don't. That's fine. We have listed and analyzed my resentment. I have to see the truth of them. I have to see how it separates me from God. It's killing me. It's a spiritual disease, and they're not really true. And, and I've learned how to forgive those people that I was angry at. If I haven't forgiven them, I have to keep saying the prayers. I, I don't want to be, see, if I haven't forgiven them, then I'm still blocked. And I've known people who have a resentment they're just never going to get rid of. I said, well, okay. And a lot of them don't stay here long. Because one resentment can do it. Because it gives you spiritual disease. And I ask them why they won't let go. Well, most of the time it's because if they let go of the resentment, then they have to take responsibility for what was going on in that. And they rather blame the other person than look at themselves. And so, um, that, you know, that you can't change that. We have begun to comprehend the futility of resentments and how they're fatal. And they are. They're still futile and fatal today. I haven't had one yet today, but it's early. Uh, Mike was driving me crazy about going to the meeting, but I've forgiven him. Uh, yeah, I have to say the prayers, but I actually, I actually may be going. I don't know. 
they're killing me. Um, we have commenced to see their terrible destructiveness. I mean, it's, it's, and, and it's, it, it is. And until I could see the truth, in scripture it's, it's called repentance. You can see the truth about yourself that you need God. Until I could see the truth about this, I don't, I don't see the terrible need for God to be working in my life. And, and I have to see that. I have to be humble. This is a process of humbling. It's not to make you miserable. It's to humble you so you see your need to God. And we, we talked to you about the prayers to be free of resentment. So you don't have to be angry at all. If I'm disturbed, it's because there's something wrong with me. If I want to get upset at the grocery store because the line's too slow and they haven't parted the seas for Michael the Magnificent, and the lady has 18 coupons, and, and they have a gift card, and they only want to use half of it, so they have to call the manager, and this or that. Uh, and you know what? I, I'm good now. I just say, you know, I have no place to go. I'm glad they got a gift card. I'm glad they have coupons, and it is what it is. I'm not bothered by traffic, but we have some, some traffic ragers in the room. I've heard them. Uh, my wife says I cause road rage. And uh, probably true. But it's simple stuff like that that we can go off on and get all worked up. And then it, it makes us irritable, restless, and discontent. And then if you're irritable, restless, discontent, the next thing that happens bothers you even more. And it's like it, it, it just grows and grows. We don't want to do that. We want to nip it in the bud. And it says we've begun to learn tolerance, patience, and goodwill to, towards all men not just towards the ones we like. And, and, and that's tolerance, patience, and goodwill towards all men, even our enemies. Now, we shouldn't really have enemies anymore, but they may have been our enemies. But, so we have tolerance, goodwill towards everyone. And the enemies, we look at them as sick people. That's why one of the things, I, it's hard for me, but I try, try to stop gossiping. Anybody gossip? And, and I find in AA, it's, uh, it's like the 13th step is, is gossiping, giving information about other people. And I, I don't want to do that. So I try to stay away from that. Uh, because we're all the same. We're all, we're all sick people. We're all sinners. And, but we, we can, with God's help, we can, we can change our personality, be tolerant, patient, and goodwill towards people. We have listened to people we have hurt by our conduct. And we do that when we do the inventory. When we look at that, whom did we hurt? How did we hurt them? And when you can see whom you hurt and how you hurt, it really helps you forgive them because it changes the whole ballgame. And then people you had on your resentment list, you realize you, you did harm to them. And why? Because I made decisions based on self that put me in a position to be harmed and harm others. And I don't want to do that anymore. I may still do it, but I don't want to. And if I'm with God, I won't. We have listed the people we have hurt by our conduct and are willing to straighten out the past we can. Now, if you've listed and you're willing to straighten out, then you've done step eight, because you're willing to make amends to everyone you've harmed. And if you've done that and you're willing to do that, then you don't have fear of people anymore. So you, if you see somebody in the grocery store, if you haven't done this step, you'll go, uh-oh, I got to go down another aisle. Uh, I can't see that one. And now you'll be, willing, you'll be glad to go up and say, you know, I'm really sorry for how I acted six months ago, and I shouldn't have done that. And, and they probably don't even remember it. But it, it, you're not in fear of people. 
We, we read that promise at meetings. It's on page 84. But you lose fear of people by willing to make amends to them. And also by seeing that they're just who they are. People are just who they are. If you try to change people, then you're in trouble. You have to change the way we see them, because we can't change anybody. In this book, you read again and again that faith did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Isn't that true? Faith in God, trust in God. That's the deal. And how do I go from believing in God, or how do I go from believing in me to believing in God and then allowing him to trust me? Just do the, the work on pages 64 to 70. Because he can remove my fear, he can remove my anger, and he can change the way I am in relationships. And we hope you're now convinced. So people who aren't, don't believe in God or they're not convinced that God can help them or some of this other stuff, do this work and then tell me. Because it says we hope I'm now convinced that God can remove, can cast out whatever self-will has blocked me off from him. I can't cast it off. I wanted to my whole life. I couldn't. But God can do it. And so I trust him. God can do for me what I cannot do for myself. He can cast out these things. But I have to be willing to see the truth about them, so I'm willing to let go of them. If you've already made a decision, step three, and an inventory of your grosser handicaps, your obstacles, your old ideas, yourself manifestations of self-will, it says you've made a good beginning. And you have to continue to do it the rest of your life. That being so, you have swallowed and digested some big chunks of truth about yourself. And it's not, not all bad. A lot of it's good. But you can see the good, but you can see the bad. The other thing this does, it may help me forgive myself because I realized I just had the wrong manager. My motives were self-centered and they were centered on me. And so, guess what? Look at the decisions I made. But I don't have to do that anymore. It wasn't that I was a worse sinner than someone else. It's just because I was separated from God. That's why I want to live connected to God now. And then, you know, I've had this book a while. Jody's looking at all the writing in there. But I think I'll, I'll, I'll stop with that. And uh, powerful, powerful chapter. It's changed my life. I think it's changed a lot of people's lives. You don't need all these handouts. You don't need a lot. You just need one person who's gone through this to sit down with you and you work it out and you, you go through it and you'll be free of all this bondage itself. And then the rest of your life is how you use the tools. If you haven't done this with these tools, I don't know how you have the tools to be rid of them all the time. And so that's that. Uh, we'll, we'll move on to into action next week. Thank you. And everybody have a good New Year. Sober, too, I think.